I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Austin, Texas Sports, the Horn. Austin, Texas, y'all. Austin's only morning sports conversation, and it's the best conversation you're going to find. Talking Texas football, Cowboys as well. Cowboys open their preseason Saturday with Jacksonville at home, and I'm pretty sure I got to check on this right. I think they're coming back from Oxnard. I think they're breaking camp at Oxnard after the three weeks there, and okay, they'll, nice. They'll play Jacksonville, and I think they'll train the rest of the time at the Star Complex. And done with the cool temps of the Pacific Coast. Well, at least they'll be inside because you don't want to be outside practicing in Texas. So sorry, kids. I know your high school kids are actually doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and Longhorns have been outside. They're going to go on into the lights a little bit doing the night practice thing. Oh, yes. Yeah, nighttime is better, but still, it's 95 at night. <laughs> so, they got to get ready for it because remember, the uh, first game is 2 30, which is going to be. Yeah, you got to get your mind right for that one. And I know te- that, that's, that's cruel and unusual to do, to, not just to the players. Players have hydration and trainers and. Um, you know, get IVs if they need to. The fans, the damn fans at two thirty. I know. I mean, we were we were concerned about last year's Alabama game at eleven, but at least eleven's a little better. You start at the teeth of the heat and you go all the way through the teeth of the heat. Yeah, no, and I remember I actually, uh, man, the higher up you get in DKR two. You can, it you feel it you actually feel it based on that elevation it it closer to the sun, to the sun. <laughs> it feels like that anyway you're like man I am bomb cooking out here uh, well so Sark I said that it. this week he said look I mean uh, when we when we when we uh, check it on the field at Game Town we'll probably be 130 degrees on the field yeah. on the turf and he said we're gonna need the depth we're gonna play everybody. We'll be Early on, you should just avoid injuries. Yeah, you're, we're going to yeah. – because he was asked about the young guys and he was talking about Jonte Cook and all these young players that are stepping up and having good camps. But same time, you're going to need them all. You're going to need your whole depth chart uh, in this game because you should be able to beat Rice but get a lot of guys playing time. And the next thing you don't want to do is get somebody hurt on your way to the Alabama game. And then and just so Alabama has more to you know, game plan for, they won't get an accurate – uh, depiction of who you, how you want to rotate guys and what you want to do with your roster in terms of playing time for players. So, yeah, I agree. That's when you should be rotating tons of guys. Well, and they Everybody do, should be getting reps in that game. And Bam will be able to do the same thing in their game one, and they may not show you <laughs> who the quarterback their, is. they got a whole new offense. Yeah, they may not show you a damn thing. Is. They may rotate quarterbacks in the first game for the hell of it. And you know what? If I was Bam, I would. Sure. I'll make them <laughs> guess. <laughs> you know, make them prepare for all three quarterbacks. I'll give you a little, uh, before we talk some, some college football, we're going to get to a Rod's rant as well, and behind the burnt <laughs> orange curtain. Oh, yeah. Okay, the, the, the headlines from last night, we're all looking at 2 o'clock today. We'll do more of this in the uh, the, the BOC, the burnt orange curtain, that uh, Duncanville High School superstar Colin Simmons will make his announcement at 2 o'clock today. Oh, yeah. We'll we'll reset that story. Also, Major League Baseball, um, we've got, how about this story? So the no-hitter last night, uh, Rod, we haven't talked much about it. Philly's right-hander Michael Lorenzen, who's like, who? Yeah, he threw a no-hitter last night. Even Philly fans are like, who? Because they just <laughs> acquired him at the trade deadline from Detroit. So got him Man. out of purgatory in Detroit, and where he was playing for A.J. Hinch, a 31-year-old right-hander who's been on four different teams now. 
throws a no-hitter last night in a 7-0 win over the Washington Nationals. He's just the fifth pitcher in MLB history, only the second since 1900 to throw a no-hitter in his home debut with a new team. So maybe four different teams, you said? Yeah. Started with the Reds. He's out of Fullerton, California. Now, here's the interesting – listen to this. Ty, listen to this story. You you could win a lot of bar bets on this in your future. You're sitting at Deep Eddie Cabaret. You're going to impress the ladies and win some bar bets. (laughs) This is unbelievable. My my brother, my younger brother, actually sent me this fact. Thank you, Dan. Uh, four pitchers and four pitchers only have played in the majors after attending Fullerton Union High School in Fullerton, California. Okay, I like that set. I like the first part of it. Four and four only. Okay. Steve Busby, Walter Johnson, the big train back in 1907 through 1927, Michael Lorenzen, and a guy named Mike Warren. After last night, all four have thrown a Major League Baseball no-hitter. Whoa. <laughs> Think about that. Hold up. So only four pitchers have played in major leagues from that school? From that high school. And all four of them have thrown no hitters? A no hitter in major league baseball. That, that yeah. <laughs> Sounds like Westlake with Super Bowl champion quarterback. <laughs> that's unfathomable. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's like, that's one of those stats, too. It's like, I can't, that can't even comprehend. When you go back the to the odds and the probabilities of that <laughs> happening. Right. And, and, and one of them is Walter Johnson, who pitched from 1907 to 1927. And I guess he went to Union High School in Fullerton, California. That high school has got a really, you know, illustrious, like really celebrated tradition in history. But you know what else is amazing? Walter Johnson, it wouldn't surprise you to know that if he went to Union, he might have thrown a no-hitter because he won 417 games in his career. Well, yeah, see, there you go. Right. That makes but sense. But Michael Lorenzen has thrown a, was won a grand total of 37 games in his career. 37. Steve Busby won 70. A guy named Mike Warren in 1980 from 83 to 85 through won nine games. That's the that's the most that's the unlikeliest of all of them. Nine games and one of them was a no hitter. And they all threw a no hitter. Come on, man. That's a great stat. That's a fantastic stat. That's the stat of the day. Stat of the day. That's the stat of the day. Can't stat of the week, it. maybe. Couldn't make that up. Maybe and, the stat of the week. And if I did make it up, you wouldn't believe me. You'd be like, no, 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 no. Come on. Man, that school should be. I hope they're like really promoting that. Hope that school is putting an ad out in you know the paper or whatever. They need to be promoting that. People should people should know that about that school. That is crazy. A piece of breaking news from the NFL before we talk some more and get another Rod's rant. We have uh, breaking news. Breaking news. Colts head coach Shane Shane Steichen has announced that Anthony Richardson will start their preseason game against the Bills on Saturday. Yeah, I'm a little. Yeah, I'm I'm a little anxious about that as a Texans fan, that division, because uh, Shane Steichen has a history. You know, we know his most recent history with Jalen Hurts, and he was able to bring out Justin the best Herbert. in J- Jalen Hurts. Yes, Justin Herbert for that. These quarterbacks that he, you know, ends up, you know, developing and coaching, they seem to ascend pretty quickly. I mean, they start out, uh, you know, getting hot pretty quickly, and then, honestly, they reach their – I don't even know if Jalen Hurts reached his ceiling, but they come close to reaching their ceiling really quickly. Jalen Hurts was in an MVP conversation last year, second year under Shane Steichen. And then you look at a guy like Justin Herbert. I forgot when he left Herbert. Three years ago, I believe he, ju- he left Justin yeah, Herbert. He joined Philadelphia. And that's one of the questions for the Eagles. He was record-breaking then. It's one of the questions for the Eagles. And I know that, um, you know, but they're the favorites in the Cowboys division, but to lose both your offensive and defensive coordinators, that means you're winning, but both are gone. Mm-hmm. Eagles have to replace both. Uh, we'll see. They still have Jalen Hurts, and they still have Devontae Smith, and you know they brought in DeAndre Swift at running back, and A.J. Brown, Brown, and all the dudes, but 
you know, there, there's some some change there. Uh, to say the least, Cowboys, of course, now with Mike McCarthy in charge. But yeah, that's been broken. And and, and you know, again, it's it's preseason, but there have been some reports that it's going well with Anthony Richardson so far. He is the athletic freak that everyone expected. Same time, what happens when he's got to see disguised defenses when teams mm-hmm. game? Because that's the other thing about the preseason, Rod. You played in it. It was an important time of year for you to try to make a ball club. Very vanilla. But the vanilla, there's no game planning. Yeah, no. It's uh, base it's, defenses. It's, yeah. Yep. Base defense. Nobody's trying to be creative or innovative, <laughs> and you usually defensively you are at a disadvantage because you 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 need disguise. You you need uh you know some of those advantages, those cheat codes to help you out on defense. Uh, there are a lot less blitzing, a lot less pressure packages. Nobody's trying to show a lot. So I do think for Anthony Richardson. And he goes out there, it should be a situation where he's able to, you know, achieve and uh, just show off what he has. I've been hearing, though, in practice or reading in practice that the defense has just been stupefied by his athleticism. Like it is freaky. It's otherworldly. Well, yeah. he was. He, well, no, we've said this when he went to the combine back in March. I mean, he was he's the most athletic player quarterback ever. Based he's on the, the he's measurables. One, he's one of the most yeah. athletic players ever at the combine. Period. Any position. Any position. But then quarterback. But then he's a quarterback. The most athletic quarterback that's <laughs> ever tested at the combine. By far. Yeah. Size, speed, agility. Uh, ridiculous. Jumping out of the gym. Now, does that mean he's a good quarterback? Because Bryce Young was the first quarterback taken, and he's small. Doesn't have the strongest arm. But everyone sees him as a franchise quarterback. Anthony Richardson, mm-hmm. you know, scary good. Right. But as we said, though, Shane Steichen, if he is – Oh, know, he majors in what Jalen Hurts does. Yeah, mentoring him and coaching him correctly, then – Oh, his, his legs will be baked into that offense. There's exactly. no doubt about that. Yeah. Uh, and if they could get Jonathan Taylor in camp next to him – the running back that he is, that would help. That would help. Yeah, you're right. For a rookie running back, I don't know if there's anything uh, that helps you out more than having a decent running game. Yeah, that you can count and, on. and Jonathan Taylor's a beast, but, of course, he's at odds with the owner and the injuries, and where is he right now? He wants he wants to be dealt and all those kind of things. So they need him in camp. Sam Ellinger should get some playing time in that game too. Bam, bam, Sam. That's going to be important. I think Sam will end up making that team. They've expanded the practice squads and things like that, so I think he'll end up making a team. They'll keep three quarterbacks. Yeah, you can uh... – you, you can have an extra quarterback oh, with the new on, rule. on game day without yes. accounting against your 53. Oh, yeah. Good point. They changed, they changed the rule. The 49ers. That was, after, that was so, after the NFC Championship yeah. game last year. Where that was we the had 49er rule. A broken guy with a broken arm. You had Josh Johnson. Josh Johnson, they put him back. Was that, good? Was that the guy? That was him. Oh. And well, then he got hurt. Remember? Yeah, he, he got out of they, <laughs> they had to put Purdy back in with like his arm hanging off. They were off. thinking about putting Christian McCaffrey out there at quarterback. Remember? That's how desperate they were. Desperate. Yeah. Hey, uh, uh, we'll also reset that uh, – and what's popping, the new book coming out with Phil Mickelson, The Gambler. It's, it's called The Gambler. It's not called no Lefty. No it's not called Lefty. No it's not no called Mickelson. It's not called Green Jackets. It's called Gambler. Apparently that's um, that <laughs> was, a big part of his life. That's you know, his identity. <laughs> we'll get that in what's popping. Right now it's time to get a rant from Rod uh, as we get to every morning here of our five hours. Let's go with the Rod's rant. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. All right, welcome back. Time to get to Rod's Rant of the Day. All right, so let's start with the Colin Simmons 
recruitment and the Colin Simmons story, which is the big co- topic of conversation in Longhorn country. Two o'clock today, Colin Simmons will announce uh, where he's going to commit to play football down to Texas and LSU. And a lot of people think that it's uh, Texas lean right now. Uh, but we'll wait till two o'clock. And of course, we'll talk about that tomorrow, uh, whatever the decision um, is for Colin Simmons. But one of the things that I want to get into now is where Colin Simmons is playing his football now, which is Duncanville and that DFW area. I brought this stat up uh, last week, uh, but now I think it's once again apropos because the, uh, the one of the top players in the country, if not the best defensive player in the country in Colin Simmons, is making his announcement. And his announcement to where he's going to commit to play football, and he's from Duncanville right there in the DFW area. And right now, DFW is probably – the most fertile recruiting area metroplex in the country. Um, and some of these numbers back it up. If you go look at uh, draft picks, draftable players, all right, who were uh, picked in the draft since 2020, and you look at different states and different regions, uh, the DFW area has had more players drafted since 2020 um, more players drafted than any state except Florida, Texas, Georgia, and California since 2020. Since 2020, DFW has had more players drafted uh, than every state except for those states, Florida, Texas, Georgia, and California. It's, the number I have is 50, um, which would put him fifth because, hell, that would even be ahead of Louisiana, which is at 44. Um, Houston's right there too. Houston area, greater Houston's at 40. So it's, it's not, you know, that they are, you know, that much ahead of, of Houston. But if you will look at the notes that I have in my analysis, I've been tracking it for a few years. They used to be much closer. Houston actually at one point was producing as many, if not more draftable prospects than the DFW area. And in like the last two years, two or three years, man, they have really separated from Houston. And I think it's going to continue uh, to, you know, have that separation between the two areas and not saying Houston won't produce a lot of draftable players. But right now, something special is happening in DFW and it's leading to them not only producing the most, you know, high level football prospects in the country, um, but also they're producing probably the best football teams, uh, some of the best football teams in the country, too, that are competing and winning state titles. So I went and looked at, you know, some of the uh, the population numbers, like the population booms, fastest growing cities, migration patterns. And it's pretty obvious why DFW has become such a fertile recruiting ground and maybe the most fertile in the country is because if you look at the top 50 uh, cities and that have grown the fastest in the last decade Man, DFW is all over this list. Uh, Frisco, McKinney, um, Allen, Denton, Richardson, Fort Worth. I mean, you're talking about six out of the top 36 that I counted fastest growing cities in the last 10 years have been in that DFW area. Now, Houston has their own, too. Sugarland, Pearland, uh, League City's in there, Atascacita's in there. So Houston is holding its own. But DFW, because of the growth of these areas and how many of the cities in that metroplex are experiencing these population booms, 
it is having a direct effect on the recruiting boom. And there is a theory out there, and I don't know if there's it's a it's more of an inexact science. And so I'm 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 not sure if you can directly correlate it. But if you can track migration patterns and track population booms around the country, there's a good chance that you'll also be able to track the recruiting boom there too uh, in, in a few years when families settle down and families start getting, uh, you know, obviously grounded there and then the school districts start to expand. They they uh, end up creating and building more schools that happened in Houston and Paraland and Sugarland. It's happening now in DFW. It happened right here in Austin. I mean, you go look at Austin, Texas, or Central Texas, I should say now, um, and you'll see – you know, Central Texas, some of the cities here are right there in that conversation where you're talking about Round Rock or you're talking about Leander and Georgetown, New Braunfels. They're also some of the fastest growing areas in the country in the last 10 years. And what's happened to football here in Central Texas? It's become uh, not only really competitive in terms of competing for state titles, but now you have some of the high, uh, high caliber, high level athletes being recruited by the top programs in the country like Bama, Notre Dame, Ohio State. They're all coming here to Central Texas when they weren't coming here to Central Texas in 1999 when I first came here because you did not have that fertile recruiting ground. Now you do. And a lot of it's due to the population boom that's happened here in Central Texas, too. No question. And if Colin Simmons chooses Texas today, you can thank, you know, the Sark and the recruiting and the fact that there's immediate playing time here when he gets here, potentially, right? He's going to. Oh, yeah, he's a play right away he's guy. He's a play right away guy, yeah. like the, just like we're seeing with Anthony Hill Jr. and, you know, Jonte Cook. But you all, as we heard from Mike Craven earlier this morning, the senior writer at Dave Campbell's Texas Football, Chris Gilbert, the recruiting liaison coordinator, high school oh, yeah. recruiting liaison that the, the Sark hired when he got here to help build the and also Jeff Banks, right? Jeff Banks has a great recruiting record. He's a rainmaker. He really can. Yeah. He, he was at He's A&M star. before he was at Alabama and uh a rainmaker. Uh, what the pole assassin or what are we talking about over no, there? No, 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 like basically somebody that can make it rain. I think they usually refer to somebody oh. who can create revenue no, he and can. money, he, can. But he recruits like crazy. He can yeah, he can make it rain the recruits if you need it. But yeah. you know, that pipeline if you go back to the, their first recruiting class here uh, I mean, the Metroplex was 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 featured, right? You had Savion Red from Grand Prairie and mm-hmm. Cole Hudson from Frisco, uh, Cameron Cam Williams Duncanville, which is the high school where, where uh, this young guy is. Colin Simmons, uh, you know Denton with Austin Jordan. Uh, is he from Duncanville or is it Denton Ryan? Who? Colin Simmons. Colin Simmons is Dun- from Duncanville. 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 Denton Ryan is Anthony Hill Jr. and Jatavion Sanders. I was correct about that earlier when I said he was from Duncanville. Austin Jordan's also from Denton Ryan. Yeah, he is Duncanville. He's Duncanville. Duncanville. Right. Yeah. Um, but that that was the 20, uh, 2021 class with all the offensive linemen. And Cam Williams, the massive tackle, was there was that 2022 rod. I mean, they really. They hit it again because they, uh, the, they had the coach on the roster who had kind of kind of built the pipeline, if you yeah, will. Yeah. I, I should say the 2023 class. 2023 what, class. Okay. Crazy. Uh, think about this. Um, they had. Here we go. Malik Muhammad, Dallas, Texas. Billy Walton, South Oak Cliff of Dallas, Texas. Trey Wisner, DeSoto. Anthony Hill, Denton. Jonte mm-hmm. Cook, DeSoto. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, Trevor Goosby's Melissa, Texas, which is the Metroplex. Warren Roberson, the, the safety, Red Oak, which is even further south in, da- you know, from, from South Dallas. I mean, that they're doing a really good job. And when, you're, when you have a program that has a good culture, like we think Texas does, the players recruit the players. Yes, they do. So when Colin yeah. Simmons rolls in here and there's about – seven or eight guys, nine, ten guys in that locker room, he already knows. 
Oh, I been, know that guy. They've been talking I to play him with already. that guy. Yeah. I play because I mean, if you draw, mm-hmm. you take a map and draw and draw a circle around South Oak Cliff, Duncanville, uh, Desoto, all those skill. I mean, all those schools are right there. And right so these there. kids grow up together. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, now they're the ones saying, "Hey, man, come on!" Everything they're telling you is because you know that a coach can tell you one thing, but if the players who are already there are telling you, "Oh, yeah, that's true. It's a good place. Coaches yeah. are good. NIL money's good." <laughs> it's, it's your second opinion when you're being recruited, right? The coaches give you their opinion, like, "Oh man, it's going to be this. It's going to be great." And you're like, "All right, coach, that's great." And you go talk to the players, and you get a second opinion, and they, sometimes they go, "Yeah, you know what? Let me. I'll clarify that. You know, or you know what? Coaches probably exaggerating that. That's not really true. But when you get them, you get guys that are buying in, saying, "Oh no." Coach is telling you the real. He's giving you 100% facts, man. That's what it's all about. The NIL game, that's, you know, we make this Strong. much money in NIL, all that kind of stuff. You're right. I, then that's when you start seeing what you're seeing now with Texas where uh, it, the recruiting, they're recruiting like gangbusters, and it doesn't seem to be a recruit that they are, you know, that, that they're behind in recruiting. It, it, any top prospect. They may not get Colin Simmons. I think they will. Um, but you see they end up being the crystal, bottom, the, the top two. Yeah, a lot of crystal ball predictions for yeah. Colin Simmons to Texas, which would be huge on the heels of Quinn Ewers from South o- from uh, South Lake Carroll, of course, transferring from Ohio State early. Uh, last year, Arch Manning, the number one commitment in the country. Uh, and then Anthony Hill, Jr., uh, who yeah. was the number one defensive player in the state a year ago. You get that back-to-back years. He went and got C.J. Baxter, number one running back in Florida. Yeah, and at the Shard Choice did a great job on that. And consider this uh, for Texas on the on – the, uh, you know, when you talk about having good culture, you knew it was over for Tom Herman when he couldn't get the Brockermeyers to commit to Texas oh. when their brother was playing and was on the team. On the team. Like Quinn Ewers decommitted the Brockermeyer brothers and the family, who, and the, the father's a legacy. Father's a legacy. And the, 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 their brother is in the locker room, and they mm. have no interest. Like, no, 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 no. I'm not playing there. Yep. I know the stories. <laughs> And then they, then we could even give them the transfer back, the transfer yeah, to the do, TCU. Do we really want those guys? They could barely even break the three deep at Alabama. Well, you did at the time. At the time, you at the did. time, like, right, you right, never right, know. Right. But, Go to but, TCU. But but having, yeah. I'm pretty much the same age as Blake Brockermeyer, so I was here when he was. I was in school when he was at Texas. And with but you Dan made a good Neal. point though about the culture. And it, yeah. hey, Tommy, how's the culture? How's the locker room? How's this coaching staff? How's Tom Herman? <laughs> he did not like it. <laughs> well, and. At the time, we know, at least from the reports, that there were players who were essentially telling recruits who were coming on campus, I wouldn't go here. I wouldn't go here. I wouldn't go here if I were you. Remember and Kate. that's when you, you need to make a move. That's when you had to make a change. I don't give a damn what was going on on the field. If you got players saying that to recruits, well, it's only going to get worse. people ask me all the time, well, why did they, they fire Tom Herman? He won all the bowl games. He had a top 10 win finish. That's why. That's why. They, that's, that, that is, and that, and by the way, he, which I've never seen before at Texas and at any university, his fellow coaches within the athletic department threw him under the bus. Oh, yeah. And said, oh, no, CDC told us exactly how to handle the eyes of Texas. We knew what to do. And I've never seen that before. I've never seen other oh, yeah. fellow coaches go on the record to throw another coach under the oh, bus yeah. well, and say, look. he went rogue. <laughs> well, yeah, his boss didn't like him. <laughs> his boss didn't like. If your boss doesn't like you, you're in trouble. And other coaches may not like you, you're in trouble. He just ran. He had no alliances well, and, and no allies. And at the end, his own coaches on his own staff didn't like him because he was <laughs> he was failing the in-home visits. Like when they would set up the in-home visits, they do all the. They work. need you to close. Come on, they need close you to it. close. Close it, Tom. The opposite would happen. <laughs> he come in and open up the back to recruitment. It's like I, th- I just brought you in to close. No, it's like that's no. really at the end of the day. Hope I mean hope the best for Tom Herman and his new opportunity. And I still think he's a good football mind and a good football coach. But uh, 
He's got the, he's got to work on. Job was a little too big for him, and that's why I think there's optimism with Sark because all those things we say, he's well liked by his, the other coaches on the campus. He's well liked by his bosses and the boosters and the players. Players seem to genuinely like Steve Sarkeesian, and his coaching staff has a great camaraderie to it too. That's but Sark already went through his mistakes though and learned from. That's them. right. That's so exactly now right. he's a wiser man. That's exactly right. You know? He's been to the. To the yeah, he's not the fall from grace, but the, hey, the man sometimes in the mirror moments. exactly. So not that fall from grace is exactly what you need to build that character. Coming back, uh, we're talking more Texas football behind the burn orange curtain. Also before the, before the end of the hour, what's popping? Get you that details on that Phil Mickelson book. Also, what's to come today and Ty's big pick of the night. Before we get out of here at eleven o'clock, it's Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Austin's All Sports Leader, The Horn. What's popping before the top of the hour? Good stuff today. Appreciate everybody being with us. Finding us four shows into our future, of course. Hopefully you stick with us. And football season is 23 days away. So, mm. by the way, way Rod, football is actually 16 or 17 days away if you're looking at Saturday before the Longhorns play. There are games. They aren't very the good. Big, I was like, what's the biggest of Notre those Dame games? and Navy in Ireland. Okay, well, that's not that big of a game. Let's just remember, yeah. they're big games because Ty will be betting on them. <laughs> Ty might bet on preseason games. Oh. Ty does bet on preseason Baltimore games. Ravens. Yes. That might be my pick of the night. Ravens. <laughs> they don't play tonight. Preseason though. games? No, no, I'm saying I'm, it, I it might involve a preseason okay, game. Okay, so also, also on the 26th, zero week, they call it. Um, is Tom Herman FIU or FAU? FAU. F- F I F A F A U F A U. He saw that line. Someone yeah. just say F U. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's going. His style is going to work at F A U because it works for I think Houston. smaller mid major brands. He's great came out with some sick uniforms yesterday. Miami oh, Vice, uh, like yeah, cool. they're Miami Vice uniforms. Oh, like Florida Atlantic. Did? Yeah, I'll, oh. I'll, I'll retweet it on, on Twitter. Nice. Uh, F I U's a Louisiana Tech on that day. San Jose State, USC. So USC Lincoln Riley's team will get their first yeah, win against nice. the uh, like that. San Jose State Trojans. Trojans. Hawaii and Vanderbilt. Once again, mm. prayers to all the folks in Maui yeah. and those horrible fires totally. the last twenty four hours. Ohio, the Bobcats are at San Diego State. That's a nice trip. If you're living in Ohio, you get to go out to the out to the, <laughs> to beach. the coast. UMass, New Mexico State, UTEP, Jacksonville State. So, yeah, Notre Dame, Navy, and Dublin, Ireland will be mm, the uh, the yeah. biggest of those games. Yeah, week Never, zero. Th- those uniforms are FIU. Ah, so. uh, see, there you go. Mixed it up. So, FIU. But th- that, that's fitting, though, because that's what we're talking about right now, FIU at Louisiana so, Tech. I have a lot of random thoughts in my head and that I store. I can never get FAU and FIU separated. And then <laughs> think about New, the logos. Like New Mexico and New Mexico State. I, I can never – to me, they become one. Lobos, Lobos, Aggies. And, and Aggies. Yes, yes I know. Like, which one did Bob Davy coach at? Where? I mean, I don't even. I'm gonna I, guess I New Mexico State, but I'm probably wrong. New Mexico and New Mexico State's independent. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Are they really? That's a good way to... Damn, how do you know that, Ty? Good for you. Good for you, Ty. I don't know. I I would not know that. I think today (laughs) will be number 33 in a row of 100 degree temperatures plus... 33 days in a row. That's well, a y'all need to record. stop counting that. that. Out of all the things to count. It's a that's, record. Well, the wrong kind. 
Yeah, <laughs> the cat, real we, wrong the guy. guy we don't want to keep up with. A depressing record. It's depressing. That's a sad record, man. It is very sad. Oh, oh man. Uh, but that's uh, so. Point of that is on the heels of saying prayers for the folks in Maui. Oh, yeah. Be careful with your please do cigarettes. Anything like you know, doing construction or whatnot. Obviously, you know that. But man, it can happen really fast. And the winds again are up today. So nothing like we saw in Maui where those winds were eighty miles an hour, and a storm. Man. Well, the reports say that like a, like a transformer blew, or because the wind, like a mm-hmm. light pole fell. Then the wind We're, started what taking all the fire or the and then fire then, then it caught fire and it just went. Yeah, I mean it just took off and the winds were just all the gas and fuel it needed, it uh, eighty miles an hour and it was dry. Golly, that is so scary how quickly that all came down. The whole the whole island was seemingly on fire. At least the whole town. Don't town take of long. It don't take long. We saw that in the Bastrop fires. Yeah, it doesn't take long at 2011. all. 2011. Yeah, mean, man. And remember, if you go back to this genesis of that, it was power lines. Power lines got blown into a tree, which mm. then sparked, and then boom. 40-mile-an-hour winds at the time, and uh, just just raged. Uh, cross your fingers. Uh, yeah. Be careful out Prayers there. for those folks, man. Man. But I think terrible. the last count was 36 have passed so far, and oh. I, I don't know. that I, I never have seen, like, when this all started, what time it was, it local time. I think it was in the nighttime. Late. I was going to say, I bet it was late, or, or, like, obviously late or early. Well, listen, people may have been sleeping. And if, and they, the, some of the most amazing video are people from in boats who, like, ran to their boat to get out on the water to get away from the fire. From the, fire. Well, the entire pier burned down, too, from yes. the pictures I saw. Yes. Like, nothing standing, all black. And if you, the, the, the most dramatic you'll see are the overheads of before, what it looked like before. Beautiful, idyllic. And Hawaiian then, Islands, and then after. Just ash and Yeah, burnt. it looks kind of like uh, something you've seen in Oppenheimer. Yeah. yeah. After, I mean, not, not, not so widespread as a, of a nuclear blast, but it's just all burnt. And we know how long it takes that stuff to recover, because you can still see the damage on bass drop oh, and places yeah. like those that. Those trees, those, yeah. those pine trees. It takes a while for it to come back. All right, can we go behind the burnt orange curtain one more time and get the final uh, preview of uh, Colin Simmons' day? Let's do it. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, now, I want to play one more piece of audio from Sark. He was on with Josh Pate on the uh, 247 Sports show they have there on YouTube. And a lot of different conversation topics that they got into. But one um, that I want to play here is about the secondary. Sark was talking about the secondary. um, And here is what uh, Steve Sarkeesian had to say about the boys in the defensive backfield. I really like our secondary. You know, when, A, I'll talk about Catalan first, you know, what a great addition to our team, never mind just our secondary. You know, he comes with the real intent every single day. Um, he's very mature. He's very meticulous in his approach. The passion is there. The communication is there. Um, and then the playmaking is there. And I, I think obviously there's a level of physicality to his play that you have to have at safety that he definitely plays with. Uh, but we're returning three starters there as well. And Ryan Watts, uh, you know, Jaron Thompson and Jade Barron. And Jade has been a fantastic player for us at nickel, um, a guy who's been a playmaker in the run game, the pass game, creating turnovers. Um, but we have a lot of really good young players too. Terrence Brooks really came on uh, at the end of last season. We had an addition and a, a transfer in um, Gavin Holmes from Wake Forest, who was a two-year starter there. Um, you look at a couple kind of high-level recruits in uh, Derek Williams at safety, uh, Malik Muhammad at corner, and and then you you know Jalen Gilbo actually was starting ahead of Jade Barron last year before a season-ending injury, so he's back. Not to mention a lot of other faces. So I like the depth. 
I like the mix of veteran players and the leadership they provide, but I also like some of the youth and the playmaking ability that they provide. Yeah, man, that's secondary. Go. That's your you or Rod, and, and it was when it was deep like that. It, it, it is getting to the point now where he's mentioning guys who are starters, starter caliber guys who are essentially in backup roles. He, he brought that up with you know Jalen Gilbert. He's like, oh, man, that guy was starting before Jaday Barron ended up taking that job. But that means they still trust him to be a guy that can give you starter reps if necessary. The, the defensive backfield, in my opinion, this year should be a strength, especially with you having the addition of Jalen Catalan, who is going to be an NFL safety. He's got a Sunday skill set, if he can stay healthy. Uh, but then you love Keaton Crawford. You also you got your elder statesman in Jaron Thompson. So you got three starting safeties. And from what I'm hearing, even uh, listening to Sark there, everybody's talking about Terrence Brooks and his development. PK's talking about it. I'm hearing the players talk about it. X-Man hearing Sark talk about it. So my assumption is he. I'm going to pencil him in just – in my mental notes, well, and, and, as the starter on that field corner side with Ryan Watts as the well, boundary corner. Well, that's a good competition because in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I think Gavin Holmes left Wake Forest to not play. He, you know, you what? know what I mean? I agree. But. I mean, he was a starter for two years in the ACC at Wake Forest and, and transferred here for a reason. So, I mean, you got to earn the spot. I'm not saying they, they promised him anything. you got to go get but it. But the competition level you're t- that we're discussing, like, yeah, you, yeah no doubt. I mean, then, really I mean Austin Jordan, the, the corner last year who stepped in, he's out of Denton Ryan. He looked good, number four, when he got an opportunity last year. Malik Muhammad's a freshman from DeSoto. He's another one of those young guys that they like a lot. Again, yeah. he's not going to play this year, but just the depth we're talking about. I mean, think about the you know Ryan Watts on one side, Terrence mm-hmm. Brooks, Gavin Holmes, Gilbo. And then the other position is safety. He mentioned Catalan. And you've got Keaton Crawford back there. Got and uh, Jaday Barron. Don't forget about my guy, Michael Taff. He's way down the list now. Taff daddy. But you're right, Taff. He's actually getting well, think about the retro freshman. Uh, B.J. Allen from Alito was a four-and-a-half, five-star recruit when he came out. Uh, the, the kid from Derek the, White. Derek White the, from Louisiana. Yeah, five-star safety. Derek Williams from Louisiana. Uh, New Iberia. I mean, that's you're, you're starting to put some depth together, and that's what they've done on the offensive line. You feel like you're doing it at quarterback, receiver, and, you know, defensive backfield. Uh, I think the thinnest position on this team, and you can agree or disagree behind the BOC rod, is linebacker, right? I mean, you... yes, because you don't have enough proven commodities. You have talent there, but you've got one guy who's been there and done it, and that's Jalen Ford. And he should have been the defensive player of the year in the conference, yep. so you feel good about him. But that's where you not only have the thinnest, most unproven talent, you also had DeMarvion Overshone off to the NFL, who replaces him. So running back and linebacker, I think. You know, every time we've seen Jonathan Brooks at running back play, he looks great. He's been good, even in the bowl game. Uh, he caught the long t- screen pass for a touchdown. And got and Joel he was and, injured there too. He was know, injured. And you know, when he has had a chance to play, when they weren't handing it to Rojo, Rojo or Bijan, he performed. So, and the, so you feel better about that because running back, you've got him and Jonathan Brooks. You've got C.J. Baxter, the freshman, who they're forced. You know, said they they haven't put any training wheels on him. They're letting him go full force. Then you have Jaden Blue. Um, who's kind of an enigma because remember Jaden was the number one running back in the state as a junior, and then down in Klein, then he sat out of senior school, year, yeah, left sat early, out. sat out of year, and so came in as an early enrollee and was playing behind Bijan and Rojo, so and Jonathan Brooks, so here he gets a chance to shine. Keelan Robinson is there. Savion Red has been moved to running back from wide receiver, so yeah. you know I, I I think you feel pretty good even though it's unproven at running back linebacker. You know, opposite Jalen Ford, who's it going to be? Is it Benda? Is it Anthony Hill Jr.? Is it Jet Bush? Those are big questions. And and if you really 
you know, are concerned about that linebacker spot opposite Jalen Ford and you're looking for contingency options, you could consider playing more dime defense. You do have three safeties you believe are starting yeah. caliber safeties and you got three corners because you got Jade Barron at nickel and you got Terrence Brooks at field corner and you'd have Ryan Watson boundary so you could play some dime remember Todd Orlando played the lightning package most of the year which was a six DB package now, I'm not saying you have to but it will be a nice plan B or contingency plan in case you cannot figure out who that off-ball linebacker is opposite Jalen Ford just please don't bring the safety blitz from 15 yards off the ball was it third and seventeen? <laughs> Come what on, was that? Orlando. Oh, oh man! And then to, to Ty's think point about it. of his boy Michael Taft from Westlake, our friend Michael, mm, wearing nice. number sixteen this year, just like his boy Arch Manning. Taft Daddy. Taft Daddy wearing Taft number Daddy, sixteen baby. in hey. honor of Jake Coker. Yeah, and Ty reminds us that you know he and Arch Manning are both sixteen, but Jake Coker was a player at Westlake who was killed in a car accident out here. On, I remember that sad. Out here time. on B Caves. Yeah, that was hard wrenching, man. It was terrible. 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 Um, Michael Taft, he did get his scholarship, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Okay. He started the K State game last year. I just okay. don't be and the reports I've been hearing personally is he has been getting reps with the first no, team. No, he has been getting reps. I, I read that too. I actually read don't that. He, he was getting some reps first team. Guy's a football player. That's, yeah, he, that's a dude that fully believes that he's gonna play in the NFL one day. That's awesome. All right. And you gotta believe it to do it. You gotta believe it. You gotta to do believe. It. You don't believe nobody's gonna believe for it. I've you. always said I'm gonna dunk a basketball one day. It's never happened. So but I'm gonna try. Nah, it's a little different. It's done. <laughs> exactly. Father Time has. Uh, I bought those shoes with platforms on it, trying to strengthen my calves. You know, you can dunk a basketball. You can do it at one of those places. What do they have like with the all trampoline, trampoline parks yeah. or whatever? Throw, you oh, you get me on an eight foot goal. Throw oh, it you down, kill baby. It, man. Yeah, there you go. Well, not anymore. I break something. Let's come back. We'll hit our uh, uh, what's popping segment, including this new book about Phil Mickelson. You're going to want to check out. Rod's got a review of the Johnny Manziel documentary, and Ty has a what's popping pick of the night. What's poppin'? Brand new whip, just hopped in. I got options. I can pass that flight like stocking. Just joshing. I'm spending this holiday life. What is poppin'? Rod, what's poppin'? You saw the Johnny Doc- Johnny football documentary last night. You say uh, it's worth watching. Don't get your hopes up too high, but worth the watch for an it's, hour and twenty minutes. It's not minutes. very thorough, but if you want to relive the Johnny football era um, in about an hour and twenty minutes. Then it's a fun, uh, it's a fun experience to kind of relive it, and it gives you interviews with the main characters. Your uncle Nate was in there, and Billy Lucci's in there, and then Johnny Manziel's in there. So you get some behind the scenes footage. But if you're looking for thorough, in depth, investigative journalism type stuff, that ain't what it is. That's that's not what it is. is it, does it feel like it was created by Johnny Manziel Inc. Not really, because it doesn't paint him in a great light all okay. the time, and it, it it tells the truth about him not watching film. That was a attempt on his own life. I mean, it doesn't necessarily paint him in a great light all the time. He talks about his struggles a ton. All right. Well, yeah. also, what's popping today will be the uh, Astros and Orioles. That game's going to start in about uh, what eleven thirty five. So yeah, I'm right. Uh, inside an hour, it'll be from Baltimore. Of course, twelve thirty five on the East Coast there, and be more. Uh, Astros have taken the first two. To Carlton within two games of the Rangers. Rangers got shut out yesterday in Oakland, and they're Come off on. today. Yeah, Hunter Brown, Hunter Brown on the hill today. Yeah, they how, lost to the A's. How did the Rangers get shut out by the A's? It and was it was a tough game to watch. I watched the it entire was. thing, and the okay. A's went with the bullpen. Like a lot of times, if they're out of starting pitchers, they'll start a reliever. Yeah, a bullpen. And, uh, yeah, the 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 starter. He'll try to get two or three innings out of them. 
And then you go full, but then five A's pitchers blanked him. Uh, I mean, that place has got to be tough to play for all the wrong reasons. Just because there's there's nowhere there. It (laughs) feels like you're practicing almost. They used to say that about Kansas football, actually, back in the day. You'd go there, you'd play in the middle of the day, like 11 a.m., and nobody would be in the stands. (laughs) And it'd be cold. You'd be like, man, you better get up for that game. You better like football. You better like football. Well, I'll say this for the Astros. If they can get this win today with Hunter Brown against Dean Kramer, and Kramer's a 10-game winner. But he's you know, got a high whip. He's got a high ERA. So the Astros should be able to get after him. If you can win this game, it's pretty clear that the pressure has gotten to the Orioles here, right? The, the yep. Orioles you know, blew the game with their best pitcher on the mound. On, on uh, And the Astros t- took the game. But you know, they haven't been in a pennant race like this. They're new to this. The Astros are obviously old hat. And even last night, it was a close game into the late frames. And they just kept adding on runs against that vaunted bullpen of the Orioles. So the Astros getting right. And we've seen when they go when they go head-to-head with the Rangers Went head-to-head with the Braves this year. The Astros can play with anybody. They just haven't been as consistent this year against some of the other teams. But uh, now they're healthy. That's the now key. Now they're healthy. And, yeah. you, and you've got Altuve at the top. you got Bregman at two. Alvarez, Tucker, Yiner Diaz will be in there today. John Singleton's up. Uh, Jake Meyer's starting to hit a little bit. Jeremy Pena. So Astros are there. And uh, they're two back and. Uh, Astros will host the Angels this weekend. You can tell the Astros, you, you just talked about it, the veteran experience, that they, they know how to pace themselves now. You see this with NBA teams who have been there and done it a long time. It's like, no, nah, we know how to pace ourselves. We ain't got to win a division. We ain't got to do that. We know exactly when we need to test ourselves. We'll play the best teams. We'll have a series, a series against one of the best teams in Major League Baseball. We know that is a playoff atmosphere. We'll test ourselves and make sure that we know how to flip the switch when necessary. Well, and they do. Well, I think the Rangers have a, have a really good squad, too. And Corey Seager's having a, an MVP kind of year for them. And he's been injured a couple times, but he's healthy now. I'd also say this for the Rangers. They've got some veteran guys now, right? They've got Max Scherzer. He's been there, done that. Uh, he's not gonna, they're not going to wilt to the pressure. Right? I mean, Aroldis Chapman's been a closer in his league a long mm-hmm. time. They're going to have this is a great race with these two. Now, the Angels have fallen out of it, but uh, Astros have a chance today to get to within one and a half games if they could beat the Orioles today. But tough Ooh. to sweep a good team like that. But that would be a message sent if they could. What's popping for you tonight, Rod? Preseason football. Football. You can see C.J. Stroud. Six, six o'clock tonight. Yeah, apparently, it's on oh. KBU. KBU 24. Oh, C.J. Stroud's premier for the preseason. I can't wait. Get to see the Bobby Player Stokes seven. offense. Haven't seen that yet. We have no idea how Bobby Stokes' offense is going to look. Probably similar to the Kyle Shanahan offense. Yeah. Yeah. A low-budget version. Low-budget version. <laughs> no Debo. On the down low. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ty, what do you have? You got a pick tonight? Gambler's pick of the night. You're 2-1 and one on your three picks so far here on Ian Rodby. Yeah, I'll be headed to the Round Rock Express game to hear retired Colonel Flowers' daughter sing the mm, National nice. Anthem and watch them play, I think it's Albuquerque tonight. Albuquerque. So there. They've, they've scored 20 runs in the first two games of that Classy. series. They won 10-5 and 10-6. And I haven't... Uh, I've not heard Craig's daughter sing. I'm sure it's beautiful. She's got the. Got I three was in choir with one of his daughters. Really? A long okay. time. Yeah. Oh, nice. Give us a full update on that tomorrow. I know Craig, in choir. Craig Flowers, <laughs> Colonel retired. But uh, my pick, you, know, you just mentioned the game, the Houston Texans and the New England Patriots. I'll go ahead and take the Patriots plus 145. Right. Bill Belichick gets it done against a unexperienced coaching staff. Yep. I'm with you on that. And take the under probably too. By the way, keep it locked in. Uh, I know Patrick will get you updates on the Colin Simmons story and what, what happens there. Somebody asked where you can watch it. I think it's on YouTube, and you'll see it on all the uh, Longhorn-centric sites. 
Uh, Patrick will have more coming up on the, the Sports Complex at 5 o'clock. And our social medias will have it immediately. Fauchism. It'll go out as soon as Colin Simmons makes his decision at uh, the Horn on Twitter and Instagram and all those places. Also, quick note to keep, keep an eye on. Remember, they went into full pads last night, Rod? Mm-hmm. 24-7 Sports reporting that uh, freshman defensive tackle Sadir Mitchell's having an MRI today on a potential leg injury. Oh, man. Once the pads go on, it gets physical. They start yeah, cracking. Yeah, they haven't, they haven't had any injuries really so far. And that may be the first, unfortunately. Keep an eye on that. Yeah. By the way, the Phil Mickelson book that's coming out says he bet lost over $100 million gambling. Yeah, $100 million. <laughs> Straight cash, homie. And has bet more than a billion dollars in his time. Thank you, PIF. Yeah. We'll do it tomorrow, <laughs> Friday edition at 6 a.m. Every hour podcast at hornfm.com. Jim Rome next. The Horn, Aaron Hogan and Rod Papers, morning 6 to 11. With all the news, stats, and fun you need to start your day. The Jim Rome Show, 11 to 2. Interviews, your calls, and emails. And Jim Rome, the man with a take that doesn't suck. 2 to 5. The Horn welcomes the Rich Eisen Show. Sports, laughs, pop culture, and all-star guests. Then 5 to 7, our very own Patrick Davis takes over with the Sports Complex. Sports analysis, special guests, and more. 101.9 FM, 1260 AM, and worldwide on the Horn app. Austin's sports leader, The Horn.